0: Injured in a car accident, we cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery
1: above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs.
0: If another lawyer wants more,
1: lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. Into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL, 92.5 FM.
0: Well, that was easy. My goodness. Come from behind when... I know the words inventing ways to lose has been thrown around North Florida a great deal as of late. What about finding ways or inventing ways to win? I mean, where did this come from? Just phenomenal. What a great time. And, man, I tell you what, an A-plus for Duval. I mean, 50, 55,000 of the diehards, they get it. Uh, but when you win, everyone wants to be a part of it. You add another 15 the 20,000 on top of it. And I tell you what, on a Saturday night, Jacksonville, Florida, absolutely had it going on. It's a double down because you get it again in six nights and it's going to be absolutely spectacular. You're going to have to play better football. The one thing that the Jaguars have taken advantage of is the opponents they have been facing. And over the last three weeks, Jacksonville has not been taking on great offenses, all right? That changes with the Chargers coming here. And, of course, it's a rematch, arguably their greatest victory of the year. Uh, They just flat out had their way back in L.A. earlier this season. But, you know, the Chargers are going to be focused and ready to go. They're nicked up. They're beaten up on both sides of the football. Mike Williams offensively. You know, some of their better players have missed a great deal of time this year on the defensive side of the ball, including Joey Boza. All right, Derwin James has missed two or three games. You never know uh, what he is going to be about come game day. Phenomenal talent, great player, uh, but a guy who just can't stay healthy. The best part of Jacksonville is, you know, getting in in and out of that game really unscathed. I, I know there was a couple of questions about... Oh, uh, Christian Kirk, and there was a little bit on Travis Etienne and some other things, but, you know, my understanding, and uh, we'll start to get the report tomorrow because this, again, being with no off day on a Tuesday because the Jaguars actually will play game number two of the six that are scheduled coming up this weekend. Yes, wild card weekend. We go from 32 to 14. As you know, Kansas City and Philadelphia Both get the bye in the AFC and the NFC, respectively. Therefore, the Jaguars will get Game 2. That'll be coming up on Saturday night here against the Chargers. Right now, L.A., a small favorite. Somewhere in the neighborhood of one point. The total was 47.5. Earlier in the day, you'll get San Francisco hosting Seattle. Then you get a threesome on Sunday. Another divisional matchup. Miami in Buffalo. The Giants go indoors to Minnesota. Baltimore and Cincinnati again for a third time they just did it you know they just did it yesterday and then of course Monday night Tampa Bay playing host to the Tampa Bay uh or Tampa Bay playing host to the Dallas Cowboys so I mean where are we at I mean where are we this is incredible I mean Jacksonville in the playoffs and yeah I absolutely predicted and I thought it would be a woodshed game and But everyone who's listened to me or follows me on Twitter reminded me during the course of the game how I blew it, how I jinxed it, how I opened my pie hole, all of this, all of that. I I thought it was going to be a much easier process uh, against Tennessee. You need to give them some credit. You need to give Josh Dobbs some credit. You need to, you know, look at things that they did, you know, the 17-play, 51-yard drive. Took 10 minutes off the clock, sitting next to Dave Campo. He's like, man, they're burning the entire first quarter. And that's what they do. That's what they did a few weeks ago when they went up 7 nothing. It's what they did a few weeks ago when they went up 14-7. That's their style. Grind it out. Shorten the game. Put the pressure on the offense to come from behind. And they didn't succeed. Instead, it was phenomenal special teams. I thought Logan Cook was the MVP. On Saturday night, the return game of Jamal Agnew making the field goals was Riley Patterson and your defense came up with two mammoth turnovers. Tyson Campbell, the pick on third and 17 and then, then you know, Rayshon Jenkins around the edge. Rayshon was one of many along with Josh Tyson and others to uh, come on out and meet with all of us at the center podium after the victory on Saturday night, and, you know, how good are you feeling now about Josh Allen? It feels like every year in this city, there's a couple of guys who the fan base love to light up, and I imagine that's probably the case for all 32 NFL teams, okay? I don't remember it as much being that way in the college game, and, you know, I can go back to the infancy of this program when, you know, guys like James Littleman Stewart, we're getting beaten up. It just feels like that's the way it is in the NFL. You kind of circle a dude, maybe two, and that's where all your attention goes. And, you know, for years and years and years, it's it's been different guys. I, I don't think there's there's any doubt. Josh Allen has received a tremendous amount of flack this year. Josh Allen's a guy they like. Josh Allen's a real good leader. He's not a pass rush monster, even though he is in the top ten in the NFL. If you look at pressures, he is in the top 10 in the NFL. If you look at quarterback hits, but unfortunately, that does not pass your eye test. You want sacks. It's the glory stat, uh, and he has failed in that particular category. What did he go? Six games, I believe, this year in a row without notching a sack. He picked up a couple late, but he's also had some really soft hands. And you go back to the first two times, or the first time that these two teens played, and we all remember the great hit by Shaq Quarterman but Josh Allen was able to get that loose ball, get his paws on it, and hang on to it without going out of bounds. If the Jags were going to jag it, you know what I mean, or the the typical Jags that you have been so used to, that ball would have slipped out of his hands, gone out of bounds, and it would have remained Tennessee's. No, didn't happen that way a month ago. It didn't happen that way two nights ago. So... Yeah, the ball literally bouncing the right way right now for the Jaguars. Lost in all of this, at least here, Jaguars got a call. Isn't it always Jacksonville who's on the other side of a call? Whether it's Miles Jack wasn't down or, I mean, we can just go game to game to game to game. How many times do we come in here and we have to hit the, the officials and talk about how was that called? How was that not called? To me, that was tuck rule 101. I mean, as simple as that, that was exactly Charles Woodson on Tom Brady. And it went the way of Jackson. I'm not apologizing. I'm not. I'm just acknowledging. It's because it feels like whenever it's your team, college or pro, am I wrong here? Whenever it's your team, it feels like 95% of the calls always go against you. Right? I mean, isn't that just the way life is as a sports fan? You very rarely benefit. um, You know, let's bring up the Florida Gators, uh, for instance. You folks are lucky to go to a bowl game. You got like eight calls in that victory against South Florida. And, And they even tried to give you another game where, for some ungodly reason, they didn't run the ball. They didn't run the clock against Vanderbilt. And, and, and they handed you a free Hail Mary. Of course, Anthony Richardson threw it to, uh, to Lane Avenue. He literally threw it out of the stadium. But nonetheless, Gator fans, you got call after call after call after call. All right? I'm trying to remember the last time I could think of a Jaguar team who really was the benefit of a call, a huge call. I'm sitting right there again next to Campo and and Lauren Brooks, and I'm like, that's coming back. That's a duck rule. And it was like, you know, I think I, as a matter of fact, I I got up to uh, go to the restroom because I thought it was going to be the obligatory let's go under the hood. You know, it's going to take five, six minutes to review all this. They're going to take a bunch of commercials, and we're going to come back. So I went to the laboratory, and while I'm in there, I hear, call on the field is confirmed. And I'm like, what? And it took like 20 seconds. Yeah, I'm like, what? They're allowing that? They're allowing that touchdown? I'm like, this is absolutely fantastic. So good for you. You've earned a call, you know? And you got it last night. All right, we're going to be busy here over the next couple of hours. As always on this Monday, it is going to be filled with your response. We look at ourselves as a very interactive show with the fans here in Duval. The good things, the bad things, whether it's just an overall feeling of relief. Obviously, the excitement is there. I'm going to give you the same thing this week that I gave you last week. Now, I'm not talking about me calling this a woodshed game against the Los Angeles Chargers. Trust me, I'm not going to do that. Probably not even going to make my pick until Friday. Uh, I want to check injury reports. I also just want to get a feel for it if that makes um. Any sense, but I I do want to be redundant in the fact that don't be so quick to get the Saturday night. Enjoy the week. <laughs> I mean, you lose five straight, you start two and six, and now you're in the playoffs. This is absolutely positively something. And I hate saying no one or nobody or anyone or anybody or everyone and everybody, but no one. And nobody thought that this team was going to be in the playoffs when they lost five in a row, and then they got destroyed by Detroit. Enjoy it. You know, enjoy the people you dislike tomorrow at work. Enjoy it the rest of the week. Enjoy your wife. when she, You know, when, you, when you're driving home tonight, you're like, oh, my God, am I really going home to her? Of course you're going home to her. And enjoy her. Tell her that it's playoff football right here in Duval. So enjoy tonight. Watch the national title game. Enjoy Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. If you're breaking bread with friends and doing whatever it is, don't be so quick to blink twice and wish it was Saturday. Uh Uh-uh. This is what it's all about, enjoying the moments from point A to point B. And you got another week of football. And on top of that, you have a real legitimate shot of advancing. You do? This football team has to play better especially on the offensive side. But it's a real good opportunity to get into the Elite Eight and go to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Of course, you've got to win it coming up Saturday night right here at the bank. All right, we are jam-packed. JJ is here. My name is Rick Ballew. I am here. Um, do we still stay on YouTube during we Jaguar Playoff Football YouTube, Week? We on YouTube, especially
2: right. during Jaguars Playoff Week. All you got to do, 10 XL's YouTube page, We're the first video. Share us with your friends. Leave us a like.
0: What were your feelings like Saturday night?
2: I never thought they would lose. Even with, like, you know, driving at the end of the game, the Titans were with five minutes left or whatever it was. I'm just like, there's no way Dobbs is going to put this in the end zone. Um, So maybe they'll get a field goal. And I still think Trevor's going to lead them down the field, even though Trevor was pretty bad all game. I just – they've been winning. And, like, when you win and you come back every single week – You have that feeling like they're going to do it again, and I wasn't surprised the way it ended. A
0: lot of thoughts on this on the other side. Uh, The one that sticks out to me more than any, you're not going to win playoff games when you are throwing the football 32 times and running it 14 times, okay? That is a brutal recipe for success. That is going to have to change this Saturday against the Chargers. Again, 32-14, to no way. And somehow they won it. If 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 I had come in here not knowing anything, okay, and you had said to me the Jaguars passed it 32 times on Saturday night and they only ran it 14 times, I would have said they lost that game. And then if you told me those 14 carries went for 19 yards, I, 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 I absolutely would have said that they lost the game. I thought it was less than that. I, I, I mean, that was crazy. But that's what's so great about this team is that Corey Peters. Uh, Jameichael Hasty, uh, Luke Farrell, with a uh, an eleven yard catch. I, I mean, you're getting contributions from everyone, and that is just wonderful. I mean, a real uh, Corey. We, we talked last week. All, in my opinion, you know, nine for nine on free agency, right? Sheriff, Zay, Kirk, uh, Evan Ingram, um, certainly on defense, Aloacon, Fatukasi, Key. Williams, let's add Corey Peters to the mix, right? Okay. did Did uh, uh did your disposition, did your attitude, did your overall thought towards life change when you heard that Jacksonville was signing Corey Peters? I called my mom instantly. Guy made some plays on Saturday night. Corey Peters. I mean, I think he gave you close to thirty snaps. Let me check it right here. I want to say it was twenty nine. Corey Peters gave you 29 snaps. All right? Um, that's what's fun about watching this team. You know, you've all you've always been told what? Football is the ultimate team game. Even though it's a heavily laced, top-notch quarterback league. You know, Patrick Mahomes is the oldest quarterback in the playoffs. Not named Tom Brady. Are he's you a- serious? He's the oldest quarterback in the AFC.
2: Okay. Well, the NFC is a dumpster fire with quarterbacks. <laughs> Honestly, you look at that side of the bracket, it's, it's, it's
0: hard to believe that that's an NFL playoff. If Tua plays, he is the oldest quarterback in the AFC wow. at, at the age of 27. Just nuts. All right, opening comments tonight and every night brought to you by Schmunez Vision. All right? Again, if you had those seats way up in the nosebleeds and you had trouble seeing, it's not too late. As a matter of fact, right now is the perfect time to do it. I'm talking about a full-out uh, medical and surgical uh, eye exam uh, that they are a part of. And it's more than that. Obviously, after you get the eye exam, you could be a candidate for medical processes or, or surgical eye care. Like what I had about eight years ago when I just went in for a normal. Um, hey, how are my eyes? Can I get an update for my contacts? And he's like, buddy, you need to go under the knife. As soon as possible, you've got something in there that needs to come out. It's just a normal checkup. Every time I go in and and, and go through it and he looks at my eye, there's never been any setbacks. There's never been any problems. You could be a candidate for laser eye surgery. Dr. Catherine Chmunez, fellowship trained in cornea, cataract surgery, all refractive surgery. So it's just something else that could be there for you uh, with your days ahead, uh, you know, I, I was reading this, um, I'm reading the latest installment. It, you ever seen Big Sky, the TV uh, show? Big
2: Sky basketball? No. Big Big Sky,
0: no. it's uh, one of my favorite fictional writers is C.J. Box, okay? And he, he, he gets it done in the state of Montana. He's kind of a rebel, um, you know, uh, ranger. In those parts. Oh, Reba
2: McIntyre.
0: Yeah, I, I guess she's in it. I don't know. I've seen the first couple of seasons on, uh, on TV, and it's, it's okay. It's like everything else in the world, it's not nearly as good as the book. But I, I read CJ Box and I, I read his Pickett series. Now I'm reading the Cassie Duell uh, series, and she's out and she's with, uh, you know, she's a private investigator and she's interviewing someone. And sure enough, what does the lady do? Goes into her purse. Looks for her readers because she can't read the contract or whatever it is that has been placed in front of her. How many times do you deal with that? At night, where the hell are my glasses? Where the hell are my readers? Sleeping with your contacts. Imagine never having to worry about that again. It's as simple as calling Shmunez Vision, 299 2906, or go to shmunezvision.com. Care. You can see. All right, your reaction 641 1010 on the text line, brought to you by Lifetime and Closures. The Jaguars on their way to the playoffs. We look back and look ahead, all in this Monday edition of Into the Nights.
1: Tonight with Rick Baloo on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
0: Happy birthday, Jimmy! Oh, mama, me... 79 is Jimmy Page. Doesn't do much, I right? Robert Plant's always got another gig another band working on some new projects, but uh, the great Jimmy Page man—I I mean, I honestly don't even know what he's done since his days with the uh, with the firm. He's seventy-nine today. It's amazing, these rock and rollers, man. They're gonna outlive us all, especially those who've gone through like the full body transfusions, blood transfusions.
2: If you make it past like twenty-seven as a rock star, then you're gonna live till you're like ninety-eight. Uh-huh.
0: There's really no in between. It's uh, it's been awful. We've been losing way too many people, but I. I find it remarkable that there are some out there who just eat like crap, smoke three packs a day. Ugh, I envy you. Barely go uh, and visit the doctor. You know, those, do you know people who are like, if I don't go visit the doctor?
2: Yeah, me. That I'm means, not sick.
0: that means I, there's nothing wrong.
2: I got plenty of <laughs> ailments that I'm just like, that's certainly not right. Like, this isn't working the way it's supposed to, but if I don't see anyone and they don't tell me, then. You know, I love that attitude. It's if like a if a I don't go see a doctor. Woods,
0: you right. Know? You know, I'm fine. It, 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 I mean, it, instead of, you know, I mean, my advice would be get ahead of it. Right. There's something going on. Try to figure out you know, what it is. Unfortunately, myself included, there's just way too many things going on right now that we don't have answers to because of obviously the pandemic. And there's not enough time to know the side effects of COVID or the jab or, you know, whether you took the vaccine or not. It's very uncomfortable, but I know I'm not the only one who you go and you talk to your doctor and they're kind of like, I don't know what to tell you at this point because a long enough period of time time hasn't passed. (laughs) Yeah. Where does it hurt doc? Well, how about the top of my toes all the way up to the top of my hairs? It, everything in my body comes. It, it just depends on the day, but um, there you go. We got some people taking some shots at me, and I like this forty-seven twenty-five. Blue, you keep barking on running the ball. The Titans have the number one run defense, and you wanted to keep running into a wall. The Chargers have the worst run defense, so it'll be different. It's twenty twenty-two, not nineteen sixty. Okay. Um yeah, I'm always a run and stop the run type of guy. But also, all of last week on this very radio show, we got away from that, right? Didn't we talk about how Tennessee has the worst pass defense in the NFL? They give up 280 yards a game. They are 25th in total defense in the NFL. So that was not the subscription for success if you will, against last week's opponent. It is against this week's opponent, okay? You should want to keep Justin Herbert and that offense on the sideline. This is a rushing defense that's given up 145.8 yards a game. I think it's 27th, 28th in the NFL. It's not last in the NFL, as the, as the Texter stated, but still a ton on the ground. Um, I understand your way of thinking. But you also realize that in this league, it's a game-to-game league. And you have to find spots where they are suspect. Right now, you look at the Chargers, okay? If healthy, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack are two of the better pass rushers in the league. Here's the problem. They haven't been healthy. Bosa's been back for consecutive weeks. He only played, uh, I want to say, five games all year. He only had two and a half sacks all year. Uh, Khalil Mack is a very good football player, but obviously he's much better when you have Joey Boza on the other side. Derwin James is maybe the, arguably the best safety in football when he's healthy. So it is a game-to-game league. Uh, but, yeah, I love running the football. Absolutely I love running the football. And I'm not complaining that they only ran it 14 times but I'm going to stay by what I said earlier I think in most situations when you run it 14 times and you pass it 32 times you are going to end up losing the game all right 1675 the last time I remember getting a good call touchdown was when Jackson was awarded the 32nd franchise ever since then I really can't think of one call that seems to have gone in the direction of the home team. Try to remember, was Jacksonville actually the 32nd franchise? They came in with Carolina. I know we've had.
2: Well, yeah, because Houston was. I mean, weren't they. Cleveland
0: went to Baltimore, but then Cleveland Houston, got another franchise. Or uh, the Oilers had been gone for a while. Why do I think that Jacksonville was like the 30th franchise and they've actually added two since. I want to say Cleveland and maybe Houston. Could be wrong with that. Yep, 30th. They were. Okay, yeah. All right, they were the 30th franchise.
2: Yeah, because Houston was, they were the Oilers, then they weren't anything, mm-hmm. and then they were the Texans, and then the Browns were the Browns, then they, what, the Ravens, and then they're the
0: Browns again? Yep. That is it. No doubt. Jacksonville becomes the first team to make the playoffs after consecutive 14 lost seasons. Crazy. About that
2: Play call, or I mean, the referee call. I feel like whatever it was called on the field would have had to have been the call. Mm-hmm. There wasn't any evidence enough for either way to be overturned. If they would have said it was an incomplete pass, I think they would have had to stick with the same call.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not going to argue with that. I I just whether you agree with the call or disagree with the call, my point is, it's it's nice for these fans to finally be on the right side of it. Absolutely. Yeah? I mean, I can trace history, and I don't remember Jacksonville being a franchise that, in my opinion, has benefited from a lot of calls. Okay? If Nick Saban was coaching Alabama tonight for the national title, you would see early on in the game that Nick Saban and Alabama would get a call. Okay? Bill Belichick in New England... They're going to get a call. Uh, I can't ever remember Jacksonville getting a call. Now, there's been some misfortune by other teams, including Morton Anderson, you know, what, what he did here uh, back in 96 and, and and you know, things along those lines. But when it simply comes down to uh, a call that went Jacksonville's way as opposed to their opponent, mm-mm hasn't worked that way as well. Uh, Also, with this victory, do you realize that this is the first time in 17 years that Jacksonville has swept Tennessee? I mean, Tennessee has owned them at home. We know that they won eight straight in Nashville before Jacksonville went there last month, but they've really dominated the series as well, where there have been times where Tennessee has won the home in a way. Jacksonville has not done that in 17 years, so that's something else that you can – uh, cross off as a, uh, as a positive uh, for this football team. You know, L.A., is um, they've lost some key starters, both on offense and defense, uh, for the entire season. Very similar to what Jacksonville has had to deal with. Uh, they have a great young quarterback. They have a talented back. Their wide receivers have not been nearly as productive this year because of injuries and what have you, and that includes Keenan, uh, Keenan Allen. That includes Mike Williams now who was seen limping off the field. And I know a lot of Charger fans were like, why are you still playing these guys? Why would you risk injuring Mike Williams, who my understanding, reading some L.A. stuff earlier today, really could have had a significant back injury. It wasn't. He was able to avoid it. And my understanding is that he is trending towards playing this weekend. Joey Bosa, you know, he hadn't played since late September. He's played in consecutive weeks. He was seen limping off the field during the game yesterday. He's a tough guy. These are both tough guys. They, they're going to get out there and, and try to give it their all, as you would expect in this playoff game. Uh, but without any question, this is, you know, an organization right now that is absolutely beaten up.
2: I'll never yeah. understand, like, football guy thinking with, we're just going to play him. You know, like, uh, it, hey, they get paid to play. Like, we're going to start our starters. That's how it is. I, I, They knew before kickoff they were locked in to play the Jags no matter what. Why are they even close to the field? Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like this when the Jags were playing Houston two weeks ago when they still had a wild card to play a for. A lot of people were. Like, yeah. that to me is crazy. I know this coach loves to go for it on fourth down and do wild – Gimmicky stuff, but like this takes the cake. This is the dumbest thing that I've seen him do.
0: Yeah, and you know, I you and then wonder he took about him out incentives. The game, so it's like, so what's the point? You know, the, the only thing I can think of is incentives. Maybe for all the guys. Though? No, I don't. I don't think all the guys. <laughs> uh, no, not not all of them. But you know, typically incentives are there for for skill position guys. Mm-hmm. Certain um, amount of catches, yards. Hmm. Um. Here's a uh oh. I got a disrespect call here now. 8750 says, Baloo, Tuck Rule does not exist anymore. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, getting a call, in quotations, is disrespectful language, in my opinion. <laughs> it was the right call and confirmed. Okay, let me read that one again because this is outstanding. I mean, really, this is great stuff on a Monday. Baloo, in quotes, getting a call is disrespectful language. That, that may be right there. The text of the year so far in 2023. Duval is upset that my opinion is Jacksonville got a call. I I, I mean, it's not. (laughs) disrespectful. I mean, uh, I'm always going to give you the way that I see it. Okay. If I'm wrong, and obviously the officials thought I was wrong. Obviously 70,000 plus thought I was wrong. Okay? I mean, it's not like I'm here rooting for the call to be reversed. It's not like I'm here hoping that Tennessee gets back the football. No. I just think it's kind of cool to finally have something that's debatable go your
2: way. Um, Even if they kept the ball. So, that was third down, correct?
0: Uh, I believe that was third down. You know, I I honestly don't remember, J.J., second or third down. They... You're gonna punt.
2: Oh, exactly. Jags get the ball back down three. They're gonna win the damn game. And I got in by the way, I have Agnew
0: deking left, but pulling <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: right. He was awesome.
0: Fifty to the forty to the thirty to there are no flags. <laughs> Touchdown. So there you go, sir. It wouldn't matter. Jamal Agnew. Well, special teams was sensational. They were.
2: And the special teams. A uh, genius mistake by, I think it was Robert Woods, who, to be fair to him, he's not a returner. But they must have told him on that last drive, like, don't catch the ball. Don't even go near it. We're not risking a muff. Because he let the ball bounce on, like, the 25-yard line. Yep. Ugh. Yep. The Titans were just
0: terrible Agnew the last couple months. had two punts for an average of 16.5 per he had four kick returns for an average of thirty-one point three yards,
2: and one was like when they needed it badly. Fifty-four the Jags yarder had to score on that drive.
0: Remember, we was talking about the Jets game a few weeks ago, and and you go back to how New York beat Jacksonville a year ago it was because they had like more than two hundred and I think it was either thirty or two hundred and fifty yards in returns mm-hmm. in kick and punt returns just. Just enormous gains. It's often overlooked, especially kick returns, because, what, only about, what, 45%, 50% of kicks somewhere in that neighborhood are actually even being returned? Because
2: now that they put it to the 25, mathematically, I would assume it's probably better to not return a kick. Like, you get better field position by not returning than returning most times.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Let me see if I can That's find That's me that doing time. no research whatsoever. But research is, you know, it's overrated <laughs> when it comes to kick returns. I just right? see Isn't what
2: it? most coaches do, so I assume they've done the research.
0: Uh, once again, let's let's look at this. Uh, Jamal Agnew, four for 125. My goodness, 125 yards, an average of 31.3, and his two punt returns, 33 yards. Uh, so here's a guy who gave you 158 total return yards on six opportunities six for 158 is what Jamal Agnew gave you on Saturday night that is outstanding Uh, Riley Patterson made his kicks Logan Cook arguably the MVP in my opinion coverage Daniel Thomas Chris Claybrooks uh, getting contributions from everyone who is out there playing that's how you're gonna have to win Okay, this team is not as talented. If you were to rank talent out of the 14 teams that are in the playoffs, Jacksonville may come in at at 13 or 14. They honestly might, but that's okay. You got to look at your next opponent, you got to find their weaknesses, and you got to be able to draw up the right game plan, both on the offense and defense. And oftentimes, special teams are overlooked, but you know what? Special teams, coaching, the intangibles, which includes being at home with a fan base, all came up large. I mean, look at the crowd. Shout out to that, in that crowd, fourth quarter. man. crowd was absolutely phenomenal. They went bananas on Saturday. Even those last, you know, the, late in the fourth quarter, the, the way that the crowd, you know, came up on, on that last drive where – you know, on third down, you had a false start, and then it was third and what, 17 or something crazy yeah, like shout that? shout
2: out to Josh Dobbs on fourth and 17 throwing a 10-yard. He yard throw. throws a
0: check down. <laughs> I love that. How do you check the ball down on four oh Oh, yeah. Uh, that was my
2: favorite play of the game <laughs> by far.
0: All right, we got much more to do. If you'd like to join the conversation, the best way to do it is on our text line. That number is 641-1010, brought to you by Lifetime uh, – Lifetime, um, uh, lifetime. Enclosures? It's enclosures, right? I Why did I want it, to say I explorers? <laughs> um, I, 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 I had one I of those moments. I, I don't. I swear I haven't been drinking, folks. I swear I have not. Uh, lifetime Enclosures, also on Twitter, Balu, B A L L O U 1010 XL.
1: Let's go into the night with Rick Baloo on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. Old school Fleetwood Mac with the late Bob
0: Welsh on vocals. Yes, the same
2: kind of story oh, this
0: is groovy right here. Same Bob Welch who actually wrote Sentimental Lady with Fleetwood Mac and Ebony Eyes became his own Kind of solo star in the seventies, even though many members of Fleetwood Mac played on those albums. He blew his head away. He blew his head away. Right out there in Nashville, man. I
2: didn't expect that to be here next.
0: Uh, I was really I, I was really upset. I was a huge Bob Welsh guy. And will rumors be playing this a week from Thursday night? Because they are coming to Duval, the ultimate Fleetwood Mac. Cover band, my understanding is they're really, 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 really good. And what do you have for us? We have a
2: pair of tickets to see Rumors, a Fleetwood Mac tribute band, like Rick just said, live at Thrasher Home Center, like you said, Thursday, January 19th. So, uh, how do you want to
0: give these away? How do I want to give them away? Hmm.
2: You see, the sides were like glass. God, I kind
0: of just want to listen to this song, <laughs> You can do that. So, uh, it's such a different style of Pink Floyd. Yeah. Right? Uh, this is without Lindsey Buckingham and and without uh, Stevie Nicks.
2: I know. was about to say, I like this. I I don't think I've ever heard this song but a few times. It's on my playlist, though, because I was shocked that it was even a
0: Fleetwood Mac. Here's my deal. We're out at Orange Park, Mr. Chubby's, next Thursday night. Mm-hmm. I may have measured it out on the map. I can get from Mr. Chubby's to Thrasher in thirteen minutes. Okay, good. So yes, A i very will, specific time. I will be taking in um to rumors on Thursday and uh and look forward to it. All right, uh yada yada How do we wanna do this? How do we wanna do this? Um how about we'll take it live on the air? Okay. You know who Fleetwood is. What does Mac stand for? We'll take the first caller, 641-1010. What does Mac stand for in Fleetwood Mac? A lot of people thought it might have been Mick Fleetwood. It is not. And for those of you who do not know, their former manager tried to sue Fleetwood Mac for the name. That is why they left London, came to California. And that is where they found Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks. If they didn't come to L.A., they probably never would have found those two. And therefore, Fleetwood Mac, as you know them, perhaps best uh, what they added to the band. Let's just put them on randomly here and see what we got. Uh, You are next up. I have two tickets for you to see the ultimate Fleetwood Mac cover band if you know what the name Mac is for.
2: For Mr. John McVie.
0: Oh, you got it, you got it, you got it. One of the great uh, basses of all time. Who, of course, married Christine Perfect, and then she became Christine McVie. You going to go to the show? Yes, sir. I will see you there. Thank you so much. Hang on the line to get an opportunity to talk with JJ. Awesome. There he goes. How about that? It only took one. Yeah, so people forget about that with feedback. It is up for McVie, so. Pretty good stuff. Great band. Favorite, one of my favorites, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, my God, look at the text line I'm crying out. Well, you people are going crazy about my comments on this call? I mean, to me, that's kind of—I um, don't know. I mean, you really bothered that you think there's discredit here? To, to, to me, this is like a badge of honor, this is like some karma that you actually got a call. Why why are you offended by actually getting a call? Okay? If, and I hate to do this to you, but since the reaction is the way that it is, what if it wasn't called? Okay? Or what if it was reversed? And what if Tennessee hung on? You know what? this show would be all about. You cannot believe Jacksonville did not get that call. You cannot believe that that call was reversed. Well, it wasn't. You got a call. And I'm a little bit surprised that, that people aren't just willing to say, okay, it's about time. You know, there's going to be a big call here tonight between Georgia and TCU. I mean, look at the semifinals. Look at it, both games. Uh, That we witnessed. You and I both know that with the six games that are on tap this weekend. In the National Football League wild card round. There are going to be bad calls. There are going to be calls that are going to affect the outcome of the game. I, I guess I understand why you're upset. Because people are complaining across the country about it. And you know this is kind of our little thing. It's Duval. You've advanced. And how dare you bring up a debatable call that, that went Jacksonville's way. It's, it's kind of one of those deals where, like, you've offered up Omerta to me, you know? It's like you're never allowed to talk about this. This is our thing. And if you do talk about it, one or two things are going to happen to you. And they both will be with you ending up in a body bag. It's either going to be a quick hit or it's going to be a slowly drawn out, very painful one for you. Uh, But, I mean, chill. Chill. (laughs) I I, you know, never thought the reaction would be this way. Not discreet. Hell, I call for a damn blowout. I call for a woodshed game.
2: You know, we had multiple betting guys last week come on our show and pick the Titans plus six. And both of us were like, these national guys, they don't know. The Jags are going to destroy them, you know? And, and and at the end of the day, Titans actually did cover, man. It is hard to win in this league. It's hard to beat a team twice in this league. Absolutely. Very,
0: very hard. And they're going to have to beat a team twice on Saturday. hmm And I'm not even close to being ready to try to decide how I'm going to pick this game. It's not like last week, where at this point last week I was telling you that they were going to crush him and, you know, just show up, make some noise, and it's that. Uh, it takes a, It's going to take a lot of evaluation. It's going to take a lot of trying to get a feeling for where the Chargers are. It, to me, the Chargers are a year ahead, okay? This is year three for Herbert, and even though there's been changes there, the lack of uh, consistency in those three years, we do understand, but I, I, I can't help but think about what Doug Peterson said after that Houston loss when he mentioned Hurts and he mentioned Burrow and he mentioned Herbert and the extra year of consistency with that offensive staff. That is not the point or, or really the, uh, you know, that, that is not what's happening here. And, you know, you can make the case that, that Trevor Lawrence has really had back-to-back below-average football games. Okay, he was 17 to 21 the other night in their last, you know, in their second to last regular season game, and, and that was a game which obviously they just blew out uh, Houston, and it was also a game uh, that you know he wasn't asked to do an awful lot offensively. I mean, he was 17 for 21, but he didn't throw a touch. He had a pick, so he had a quarterback rating of 77. So let me see this before the top of the hour break, just so I can get it to you. Uh, Trevor Lawrence later in the season, if you go back to the comfort behind victory here against Las Vegas when they were down 17 nothing. He went quarterback rating, he went 109, 106, 129.8, 82.6 on the blowout at Detroit, then 121 9 109. Now all of a sudden the last 3 weeks, all right? Thursday night in New Jersey, obviously weather Inclement weather. In a 19-3 victory, he had a quarterback rating of 86-6. Last week in Houston, a quarterback rating of 77. And then Saturday night here, did not turn the ball over. He went 20 of 32 for 212, uh, averaged 6.6 per attempt, and had one sack. His quarterback rating was 92-2. So his last three weeks, in a little bit of a slump, he's thrown one touchdown and one interception in the last three games. That, that's down for him. So I think this is the type of game where he is going to have to come up big. And it, we also talked an awful lot about the run defense and how bad Tennessee is, yes, but they were second in the NFL with their run defense. Jacksonville got away from running it. They knew they couldn't. 14 carries, 19 yards. They realized that their offense was going to come from throwing the football. They should have success being able to run the ball this week. This should be a balanced attack. Again, L.A. one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. They give up nearly 146 yards a game. All right, let's get ready for our second hour. Six four one ten ten. Best way for uh, you to join us on the text line. Brought to you by Lifetime. Enclosures, getting a lot of good stuff coming in on the Jaguars. More of your reaction on the other side. You're also going to hear from Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson, some of their thoughts as to uh, the matchup this past Saturday night and what is next now for the Jaguars as we head towards the playoffs and wildcard
1: weekend. Mm-hmm. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
0: God, happy birthday, Jimmy Page. 79 years young today. Uh, Looking at last year's playoff landscape and comparing it to this year's, it's, it's scary. All right. Both number one seeds from a year ago. Two teams who enjoyed a bye did not even make the playoffs this year. Tennessee, Green Bay, both out. Also last year, we saw a little bit of a changing of the guard. If you really track history and look at Wild Card Weekend, there's been a lot of success with road teams. Only San Francisco, as a six seed, knocked off Dallas last year as a three seed, 23-17. The other home teams all won. The Rams knocked off Arizona. All right, Tampa Bay knocked off Philadelphia to the AFC Cincinnati held serve at home knocking off Las Vegas, Buffalo against divisional rival, uh, New England pounded them 47-17 in Kansas City. Doubled up Pittsburgh at Arrowhead 42 to 21. What does that mean? A whole bunch of nothing. Um, unless you follow trends, I you know, I've always been kind of surprised about how on the road early in the playoffs that wild card round has not affected the home team the way that I figured it would consistently year after year after year. It did last night. You know, a year ago it did. Five out of the six, uh, the home team was the winner. And, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you you look at the games, arguably the best one is here. It's a one-point difference. L.A. favorite on the road, total 47-and-a-half. The earlier game that day is a little bit of a laugher. I mean, San Francisco – 10 points they're favored by over Seattle. I mean, what a year for Seattle. The kind of, you know, after the trade and after kind of gutting that defense, going through a couple of, or thinking that they were going to go through a couple of quarterbacks, the reclamation project of Geno Smith, a couple of thousand-yard wide receivers. And now with Brock Purdy, you have that game. That'll be game one of the six, Jacksonville number two. Then you got Miami going to Buffalo. The Bills a huge favorite, 10.5 points. Giants go indoors to Minnesota. That's about what you would expect. Three points favors the Vikings. Ravens, Bengals again. Six and a half. Nasty number there. I think it will go up to seven. I mean, I just like Cincinnati. We don't know what is what is happening at this particular time with Lamar Jackson and and If you're betting on Baltimore, are you better off getting it in right now? Is there going to be a bunch of Cincinnati money that piles in where all of a sudden that line goes to seven or seven and a half? Or will we be told midweek that Lamar Jackson is going to play, therefore maybe some Baltimore money comes in, and that number goes the other way?
2: Even if he does play, it's been so long since he's played, he's got to be super rusty. I mean – it, thank God for the Jags and the Chargers being a, a, a great game, uh, at least on paper, because the rest of this wildcard
0: weekend to me is not good. Well, yeah. I mean, it just feels like Cincinnati's going to win. It feels like Minnesota's going to win. It feels like Buffalo's going to win. It feels like San Francisco Correct. is going to win. Am I wrong? No. And
2: I know this is uh, totally against your thoughts, but this is why I was against playoff expansion. You know, where we have teams like uh, Seattle in here. We have teams like Miami. Like, those teams suck. I don't want to see them. I didn't want to see the Steelers. I I thought it was fine the way it was. I understand more playoffs, more money, more games on TV. I get all that. But it it's watering down the playoffs to me, letting some of these teams in. Monday
0: night's game's interesting. Yes, intriguing. Dallas at Tampa. I, I, I really don't know. I hate watching Tampa though, but it's intriguing. What to make of that? Um, that's clearly out of all of these games that that is by far the number one game that I would never touch if if I was a better. because Dallas looked bad yesterday, and you know Tampa Bay took out their starters. They had it going early with Brady. They sat him down. They went to Gabbert. They ended up going the Trask. Um. It's the first time in 22 years that Tom Brady ended up with a losing record because he got credit for that start yesterday. Even though he went out as a starter, obviously Tampa Bay surrendered the you know, lead. he hates and, that. So he's 8-9. It's the first time in his career. He hates that. That, that he's lost. Yeah. What are you going to do? That's
2: one of those games where, like, no. Uh, okay, the Bucks have been putrid on offense this year. They've been pretty terrible. But I could see them winning that game. Mm-hmm. It's, it would be so like Dallas to lose in the first round again.
0: The NFC doesn't scare me at all. No. It's, it's kind of like, you know, getting set to watch this national championship game uh, come up later in the hour. And there's a lot of people who believe that the national title game was the game that was played last weekend. Correct. You know, Georgia and Ohio State. I I kind of feel like. This year's AFC Championship game is also going to be the Super Bowl winner. I, I, I think everyone is going to end up picking Philadelphia uh, to rep the NFC. I mean, if not, where do you go? I mean, can Diners, you really maybe. can you pick Brock Purdy in a I, Super th- Bowl? I was
2: about to say Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback in the NFC. I mean that that says it all right there. But yeah, Brock Purdy six and zero. Brock Purdy. Tampa
0: Bay looks broken. Dallas, it, you know, Dallas is is a little bit of a wild card here. No pun intended. They they have the talent to get it done, but it just feels like I, I don't know. There's there's a little something missing in Tampa. Uh, the Giants, no way. Minnesota, no way. They I mean, might not even beat four the Giants. They were eight and one at home. Um. I mean, I think Kirk Cousins is better than what is led on. I think Kirk Cousins is better than the credit he gets. But when you get deep into the playoffs, are you going to take Kirk Cousins? Is anyone in the world going to take Kirk Cousins against Philadelphia if that's the NFC championship on the game? On road. An indoor team going, you know, to Philly, and I get it. They play in Chicago, and they play in Green Bay. I understand. Where they just got killed in Green Bay. I think there are three teams right now in the AFC that are you know I don't do power rankings, but if I was, I would probably have Cincinnati, Kansas City, and Buffalo ahead of Philadelphia. I think put Philly in at four. No doubt, a lot of people probably would have even have the Niners over Philadelphia. No. Well, again, it's about survival. It's about attrition. The, the two things that stick out here more than any are Tua and Lamar Jackson. Are they playing for Miami and Baltimore, respectively, both on the road? All right. Miami's got to go into Buffalo and win. And again, Baltimore, even though they just faced them a week ago, has to turn around and go to Cincinnati and try to win.
2: Here's the thing about, you know, the Jags. You expect to be the big dog in the, in the South now. For a long time. But then when you get to the playoffs, these guys aren't going anywhere. Burrow, like like you just oh, said, yeah. Mahomes is the oldest quarterback at 27. It's stupid. These guys aren't going anywhere in the AFC. So, like, we sort of have to look at the Jags now from a different angle. Like, yeah, it, it was fun. This whole thing was fun. We didn't expect them to be in the playoffs. But now that we think that they're a perennial playoff team, You know, we're going to judge them like that. And we're going to judge Trevor up against these other quarterbacks who we expect him to go year in, year out against these guys.
0: Lovey Smith fired today. Second consecutive coach to be a one-and-done in Houston. You got the massive issue with Jeff Saturday, and they ended up being, what, one-and-six? And And I want to say the point differential when he took over was uh, minus 80. Okay? And, oh, by the way, Tennessee, from the moment that they fired general manager John Robinson, they went 0-7. and seven. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you talk about a dysfunctional division. All three are going to need a new quarterback this year. Two of the three are going to need a new head coach. And I wouldn't even be entirely shocked if there was a possibility of a, of a Mike Vrabel power play somewhere here where he ended up in another organization. You know, I know we haven't had a lot of trades with coaches. We did with John Gruden. Um, I just think he's the one guy that maybe another organization would say, is it worth giving up a pick? Is it worth bringing in Mike Vrabel? He looked totally bothered, very upset, emotional guy. Uh, but that thing is broken right now in Tennessee. And as great as Derrick Henry is, 30 carries on Saturday night, he is an aging tailback. There's no other way to say it. How many more years are you going to get that production out of Derrick Henry? So, all of a sudden, you look at the AFC South, and this thing just it, it, it sticks out, and it, it's such a great moment for Jaguar fans because your quarterback is 23. And he's in. And and right now's gravy. Okay? Again, because you weren't supposed to be here. He weren't supposed to be hosting a playoff. And now you have it. And you have a real legitimate shot to win this game. And then move into the divisional round. And yeah, Pat Mahomes is 27. Okay? He'll be 28 next September. He is the age, he is the oldest quarterback in the AFC playoffs out of the six. I mean, you know that. That Lawrence is 23. Justin Herbert is 24. He'll be 25 on March 10th. Okay. Uh, Joe Burrow for Cincinnati is 26. He just turned 26 a month ago on December 10th. So obviously, he's a very young uh, quarterback. Tua is 24. He'll be 25 on March 2nd. Lamar Jackson, we find him. Even though he has been injured, Lamar Jackson is 26. Wow, he turned 26 on Saturday. Okay, he was born January 7th, 1997. So he turned 26 two days ago. Uh, Did I forget anyone out of this list? I I think that's it. The AFC is stacked right now. By the way, Stetson Bennett, who plays tonight, 25. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oldest quarterback since Chris Winkie to play in a national title. But, you know, that's what it's all about. You look at the AFC, man, and, you know, two has got the concussion issues. Josh Allen is legit. No argument. Joe Burrow is legit. No argument. Pat Mahomes is legit. No argument. Uh, Lamar Jackson is a free agent at the end of the year. I mean, who knows what's going to happen with Tom Brady? Who knows what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers? Derek Carr is going to be moved. Matt Ryan's days are done in Indy. The, it seems like these ageless you know, quarterbacks drop back passing quarterbacks. Th- their days are, are getting shorter. I got to believe that's it for Ryan. Oh, my God. Yeah. We thought some of these
2: guys would age more gracefully because Brady has. But that just shows Brady is one of a kind. Like, even with Rodgers, we sort of all assumed because he won the MVP the last couple years, like, Rodgers is going to age just like Brady. He's going to play into his 40s,
0: you know? Now, I don't know. Don't know at all. Carson Wentz, what's going to happen there? Andy Dalton, free agent. His backup in Jameis Winston. A, a, A backup. I mean, that is what is just so phenomenal. I mean, Trevor's already exploded into like top five, top six, top seven quarterback status in one year. He's moved up. I mean, honestly, how many quarterbacks in the league? If if you if you're telling me you're going to take Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen over Herbert, uh, over Trevor, uh, you know, or or uh, uh, Justin Herbert, or you know, if, if if even if you think Justin Fields. Even if you think, Jay, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, I'm fine with all that. But I would disagree, but it's still a, a healthy argument. How many other quarterbacks right now in the NFL are you taken over a 23-year-old Trevor Lawrence in, in one year? I mean, you've taken Kyla Murray over him? You've taken Dak Prescott over him? You've taken Jimmy Garoppolo over him? Matt Stafford over him? Deshaun Watson Over him, I mean, the answer is no, 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 no. And he's already done this in in just a season. How about some of those other younger quarterbacks? Zach Wilson, Mac Jones? They're getting ran out of town. The AFC is loaded, though. Wow. I mean, those six quarterbacks. Uh, I guess you can say a seventh, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, if you add... Um, Herbert, who absolutely should be on that list. So, you know, Mahomes, Herbert, Burrow, Lamar, Josh Allen, Tua, and Trevor. Those seven, uh, you know, I mean, I think think it's pretty, Mahomes has one. I gather he's going to get a few more. Uh, Who's next? That's what this league is all about, right? Great quarterbacks. What do they all have in common? They win Super Bowls. Again, this isn't the NBA. This isn't Major League Baseball. There's been some of the greatest players that we've ever seen who didn't win a title. You can count it on one hand, right? Beginning with, with Dan Marino and Dan Fouts and, and uh, Fran Tarkington and Warren Moon and possibly Jim Kelly. That's it. You look at any great quarterback who has ever played since the NFL merger, and they all win at least one Super Bowl. So who's next? Trevor, Tua, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, or Justin Herbert? Okay, I think most will say, well, it's going to be Mahomes in a repeat. All right. If not, one of those other six is, is going to the Super Bowl. What about Brock <laughs> Uh, With obviously a chance to win it. Yeah, I I, I can't buy into Brock either. I still I. (laughs) I mean, I like the story. Such a
2: genius that like, I uh, it doesn't mean anything to me that he's getting wins with this guy.
0: He can win with anyone. Look at his numbers though, they're frightening.
2: He's when I watch him, he looks good.
0: Oh yeah, makes no sense. Look look what he did the night that they were. Was it the Thursday night when they were trailing fourteen nothing against Tampa? And they came back and crushed him in the second half. Or was that another game? I, I try to watch the Bucks every week. I I just marvel over, you know, what Brady's doing at this age. But Brock Purdy's one fourteen for one seventy. He completed sixty seven point one percent of his passes in, in nine games for thirteen hundred and seventy four yards, an average of eight point one per thirteen touchdowns, four picks, a quarterback rating of one oh seven point three.
2: They played Seattle on Thursday. Okay. They they had an early lead in that one.
0: Need to take a break. There's been for for decades, okay, a, a feeling in baseball that when you bring a kid up from the farm and he's facing now top line starting pitching in the show. That when you don't know how to get a guy out yet, maybe his first time around the league facing different clubs, facing different pitchers, hitters are going to have that success. Second, third, fourth time around, you get a book on him, you start pitching to him differently, you can see the batting average fall, the production fall. I wonder if the same thing can be said here now for Brock Purdy getting ready to face teams again. I mean, Listen, Josh Dobbs. You say what you want about him. There wasn't a big book on him Saturday night, right? He'd been basically a journeyman. He'd been here. He'd been in Buffalo, but didn't have a lot of NFL experience. And I want to say he had two prior career starts. May have only been one uh, last week, but there was more guess. You know, there was more of a guessing game because you didn't have a lot of film. He didn't have a lot of of uh, of of traits that were either good or not good. That you knew about with his game. I, I wonder if the same thing is, is going to come into play here now for Brock Purdy. Our defensive coordinators now like, okay, he got away with something the first time that we met. He's not going to get away with it now. There has to be something said for where he was drafted. Again, this isn't one of these other. And okay, Brady, the exception of the rule. But for every Tom Brady, I can give you 500 quarterbacks who were selected in the 6th or 7th round who failed. Brock Purdy's done that. He's been sensational. But I, I do wonder if defensive coordinators feel like they're going to have a better shot at him second time around. Just something to uh to consider. All right, we got much more to do. National title game coming up in the next 15 minutes or so. Georgia trying to win consecutive national championships. They are a huge favorite tonight over TCU. More of your thoughts as well. 641 1010 10 that is on the text line. Brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures.
1: Into the night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL, 92.5 FM.
0: All right, we need tonight till eight o'clock tomorrow night after Helmets and Heels. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, six to eight. Thursday, Ponavedra's, Mr. Chubby's wings. Definitely looking forward to that. 28-35. Where do we get Corey Peters from? Can we expect more? He was a street-free agent. And I want to say that he played in Arizona. But he was, he was out there for the taking. And, you know, he made some plays the other night. His snap count has gone up, as we know. Let me just take a quick peek at Corey Peters again. I think he was a fairly high drop. He was a third-round pick in 2010 out of Kentucky. All right. Played for Atlanta 2010 through 2014. Played for Arizona 2015 through 2021. Was signed here midway through 2022. Done a nice job as a as a role player. And that is encouraging. Uh, 9982. Preach, Baloo, What's wrong with getting a call? We never get the calls ever. Be happy, Duval, driving six and a half hours over from Pensacola Saturday morning for the game. Best tailgate spots to hit up at the stadium. You know, I I, I, I don't know about tailgating because, you know, I covered the game, and the last eight years before this, I was there really early as the sideline reporter. Uh, I did run into a couple of tailgates in Lot J, before the game on Sunday and let me tell you man it was it was festive it was absolutely fantastic before that game
2: on Sunday well there'll be no tailgating tonight for the national championship
0: game of course that's banned it's it's Los Angeles is re- that that stadium is Is really weird, you know. It's completely built into the ground.
2: I heard you—you like can't see it until you get
0: there. The swamp is built into the ground. Correct. Um, North Carolina State, the Snake Pit in Raleigh. Some of that is not as much, not as significant as Florida. I mean, obviously, Gator fans are aware of this. You, You walk into the into the gates at Florida, and you walk down. This is built down, and I think the reason why they did it it had something to do with the the, the you know air traffic control and airplanes. Wow. So that, that's that's the reason why they built it that way. But I remember, kind of parking around there was was because uh, I you know I was at the game last year when they took on the Rams. It's very uh, it's very Los Angeles. It, it doesn't have a great <laughs> football feel to it outside. It's a lot of uh, parking garages and okay. and stuff along those lines. Where, you know, one of the great—I love character in a stadium, whether it's football or or baseball. And you know, baseball stadiums, the way they're built, you can you can tuck some in the neighborhoods like Wrigley and and Fenway. Uh, there are others that are just terrible. Okay, like the Trop. Mm. You know, you got a couple of bars around the Trop, but that's dead. That, that's it's basically dead. it. My, you know, South Florida, Miami is even worse. Although the new stadium. I haven't been. Yeah, I don't I don't remember what it's like in the new stadium. But when they used to play at Joe Robbie or back in the old days. Uh, but, but football is cool when you have, you know, the atmosphere here. You got people parking on some lawns. You got a couple of bars that, that surround the stadium. You don't have any of that in Los Angeles. I mean, it, it basically is a. You take an Uber,
2: they drop you mm-hmm. off, you walk up to the game. That type of vibe. Right. The stadium itself does look badass. It looks like a spaceship almost. Right. But, yeah, the uh, you're paying 600 bucks for a ticket, and you can't even tailgate. <laughs> that
0: is kind of a shame.
2: But the crowds that go to a national – maybe I'm wrong about this. I, I guess more this is more of a thought about the Super Bowl. The crowds that go to the Super Bowl aren't really the tailgating type. But I guess a national championship, you get all kinds of people.
0: Yeah, the Super Bowl is a very upper class, Mm -hmm. you know, wealthy, going to drink with a umbrella. And how many fans of that team are actually even at the game? An umbrella in your glass type. Yeah, Yeah. not many. It's such a big event. You know, big corporations spend a lot of money. They bring in all these players, and they're all there on radio roll because they're pitching something. It's Mm -hmm. a great opportunity to get paid. So. We'll see. Yeah, but it does. It does take away. I mean, I've, I've been to all six Florida State national title games. Three wins, three losses, and obviously tailgating before a college football game is huge. It's a way and, of life. Yeah, for the most part, the national title game is the two fan bases, right? Yes. Where in a Super Bowl, it's not. It's it's all thirty-two teams. Matter of fact, London. If you've ever been to a Jaguars game in London or or if you're ever planning to go to a Jaguars game in London, that has a Super Bowl feel to it you, or a Pro Bowl feel to it. it. You have all 32 NFL teams being represented regardless of who Jacksonville is facing. Uh, the fans over there, you know, they, they still have their heroes and their stars. It's like stars.
2: A, a spring training baseball mm-hmm. game.
0: You know, you're just...
2: Hey, I'm a Floridian. I live here. I'm a fan of the Pirates, but I'm watching the Braves versus Orioles. Just It's baseball. It's here. Right. We're getting the national anthem right now, and it is not being played by uh our boy. You guys had him on today. Paul Wayne, I believe. I th- I hope I'm remembering his name correctly. Yeah, we had him on X on primetime. Did you guys great talk great about interview. mullets? He said it's not a mullet. He said it's just a receding hairline. Oh.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you got a mullet. Did you tell him that you got a mullet?
2: I, I didn't. Mine is an official one. Uh, my hair's still there. I just
0: I chose to do this. The only thing that would have been better in that mullet is if he sang it in jorts.
2: <laughs> yeah, huge missed opportunity. <laughs> I there.
0: mean, such Jacksonville, and we love it. Absolutely, we do.
2: And he can jam. Oh yeah, it just shows there's so much like in. I I not in sports because like nowadays if you're good at sports as a kid or teenager you're gonna get discovered by someone you just are, music's not the same. Like there's guys out there playing at your local bar that are amazing, mm-hmm. and they will never really make any money in their whole life doing music. It's kind of sad.
0: Well, they love it. They yeah absolutely. You know they absolutely yeah they they love it and. No matter where they are, whether it, in a pub in front
2: of 10 people or... Mm-hmm. Or a stadium in front yeah. of 80,000 people. His band, by the way, is called
0: Duval County Line. You can you imagine what it, what, what it must have been like when Hendrix played that at Woodstock? And he did it at a few other venues as well. I think I believe he did it at the Monterey Festival in, uh, in California. I mean, at that time, we had never heard anything like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: must have been just out of this world. You know, and then he, he of course he's on LSD and he sets the guitar on fire and and, and does all that type of stuff. Jimi Hendrix only had four albums. Crazy. We, we never saw I mean, we never got we got nothing from him. He was a great songwriter. I did his share of covers, including Bob Dylan's All On the Watchtower, which many believe is the greatest cover of all time. And
2: I didn't even know it was a cover and stuff. Yeah, Bob Dylan wrote
0: you. it. Yeah.
2: Uh, so it says he played the Star Spangled Banner live fifty times, wow. twenty eight of them before Woodstock. Okay, so that was his that was his thing. Absolutely, I loved thing. it, man. I still
0: listen to that every once in a while. Oh, it's it's uh, amazing. It's one of the greatest things. I mean, who would have ever have thought to play the national anthem yeah. on electric guitar at that point? Just no. And yet he did it, and he, he mastered it. All right, let's get to it. We got uh, one more segment here. We got a few more good things to bring up with the Jaguars. try to get to a few of your texts as well. 641-1010, best way to get us. Again, that is on the text line brought to you by Lifetime
1: Enclosure. Into the Night with Rick Ballew on 1010XL 92.5 FM.
0: All right, we are minutes away for the start of this one. As a matter of fact, after a touchback, the very first snap of the game, we have a false start on TCU's left tackle. National title games, and I, I don't have the previous scores in front of me to back it up, but it, 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 at least my opinion is it always feels like one of two things happen you either win it on a last second touchdown or field goal or it becomes a blowout. It's very it's very rare to have, you know, let's say a uh, a 10-point game that that sticks that way for, you know, a couple of quarters. It it seems to be one or the other. Either it's going to come down to 60 minutes or the ball game's over by early in the third quarter. I I think Georgia likes their chances in either one of those scenarios. If it is going to go the way of a blowout, I think everyone out there says, give me the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, will TCU be able to trade here tonight? We'll see. Uh, I mean, you already got them in second and 15. You've had a five-yard penalty. You have an incomplete pass, and they throw a little, a little bubble screen, picks up maybe two yards. So, you know, listen, Georgia's hurt all year. They're, they're not the same defense that they were a season ago. They don't have the players. Um, still some very good ones, okay, including Jalen Carter. But third and twelve. I mean, you give Georgia third and twelve defensively, this football game, uh, they're going to walk away with A.W. So. We'll see what uh, what ends up happening. All right, a couple of uh, of more that I want to get out here before the end of the show. Uh, 6445 says, uh, this is a great text. It says, at the start of the season, it seemed like there was always one group that lost us the game. Now it seems like there's always one group that steps up and wins us the game. If we can catch fire on all cylinders in each phase of the game, Think we can beat anybody, let the Chargers money flow and before you hammer the Jags money line this week, go Jacksonville. It it really is a sensational point. If you look at this five-game win streak, it has been something different each and every weekend that is why Jacksonville has won. I, I still believe that this is more of an offensive team than a defensive team, even though Jacksonville this year Tied for fourth in the NFL with 27 takeaways. Okay. Three times the amount you had a year ago. You had nine in 2021. You got 27 this year. I think most would agree, even though the defense came up big and got the job done last night or, you know, Saturday night up four. My guess is that for Jaguar fans, if I presented an opportunity to either be down four with two minutes to go and your offense is going out trying to score 75 yards or you are up four and your opponent with all of these AFC quarterbacks get the ball at the 25 with two minutes to go. I My guess is that it would be practically unanimous that – you would rather have Trevor Lawrence in this offense getting the ball. The quarterbacks that you are now going to face are not Josh Dobbs that you faced in that scenario last Saturday night. I mean, do you want to give the ball to Burrow or to Herbert or to Allen or to any one of these quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, or do you want to give it to your guy? You agree with me on that, or are you on the other one? Hundred
2: percent agree with you on that. I wouldn't trust this defense to stop any one of those offenses. Sorry, like even against Dobbs, there's guys wide open on Sunday. Like they were moving the ball. It, yeah, they got a couple turnovers uh, when they needed them most, but yeah, they were giving up yards that I didn't think they would against Tennessee.
0: Defense went from twenty-six point nine points a game to twenty point six a game. Wow. <laughs> They improved by 6.3 points a game over the course of 17. I mean, that is huge. 6.3. Especially with the offense also. Oh, yeah. The offense had a franchise low last year at 14.9. This offense went from 14.9, which was dead last in the NFL, to finishing 10th in the National Football League, scoring 23.8 points a game. I mean, that, that is... Two score difference. Y- you almost were, were 10 points in improving. End up being basically 9, 8.9. Uh, th- that is... Uh, I mean, that is just absolutely incredible to look at what they did. Nine points. On offense, 6.3 points on defense. Your football team improved by more than 15 points a game from a year ago. Let that one settle in. You were minus 12 per game a year ago at 14.9 and 26.9, minus 12 a game. This year, man, you're plus nine. How does that happen? Or plus nine on offense. They're actually plus 15 overall. That's a twenty Again, that's a 27-point in-game difference. If you take the minus 12 from last year and the plus 15 from this year, 27-point difference in-game that the Jaguars have, have gotten done in just one season. Absolutely spectacular. It's all there in front of you. Thanks, Herbs. Ah. Oh. All right, Georgia with the ball. It looks like it's a dump off there to Bowers. So, all of a sudden, Georgia. uh, They have it across midfield after a three and out by TCU. Just barely underway uh, in this football game. Georgia, a huge favorite. And uh, actually, check that. They have it at their now 20-yard line. So, Georgia really driving the football. Second and three, they pick up another first down. Uh, Georgia off to uh, some good things here with a balanced attack. They already
2: of. look like way bigger, faster, right. stronger. Like the, like the running back of Georgia is bigger
0: than the linebackers. They compared five stars and four stars. 15 five stars to one. It's, in, <laughs> it, I mean, it's a total mismatch if you look at this game on paper. It's a total mismatch if you crunch numbers like I just did here for the Jaguars in 2021 to 2022. Uh up oh, there you go. Enjoy that game tonight. If you're getting an opportunity to get home, watch it. Bennett just took it in from 20 yards out. Untouched. Okay. And it looks like Michael Vick crying out lot. He was untouched. Seven-dollar field goal, or PAT coming up. Six-nothing right now. We'll see what happens. All right, Hackers next. We're with you tomorrow night after Helmets and Heels. Thank you to JJ. My name's Rick Ballou. I don't check this text line now that the show is over. If you want to get me, please do so on Twitter. That is Baloo. B-A-L-L-O-U. B-A-L-L-O-U. 1010 XL.